So, being woken up alone at night in a tent in the middle of bear country was uh, one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had. Um, I'm afraid of bears. And so, hearing a sound outside of the tent, you know, sit up and you just feel that every hair follicle raise up, heart rate just starts going, and can't breathe, and uh, feels like there's this cold ice water pouring down the inside of my chest. And it's just, it's an absolute panic feeling. Um, so I was, I was in my tent outside of Ketchikan, Alaska, and I wasn't out there because I was on some sort of like camping trip, nature trip. I was out there because I was homeless. Um, I was up in Ketchikan looking for work, and I, um, I had been up to Alaska the year before, or the summer before, uh, worked at the cannery, you know, the promise of the big paycheck, long hours and all of that Alaska adventure. It was kind of, kind of a letdown, but uh, I got a taste of it. Alaska is a gorgeous place, and so I went back after that summer to Lawrence, Kansas, and where my folks live, and got my old job back at the restaurant. Um, I don't, I don't like restaurant work. Um, it's, it's no fun. It's, uh, it's stressful, and you know, I always worked in these kind of bottom of the barrel restaurants, so the people were crazy. Um, the food was pretty bad, and you know, you smell like the food and everything. So. Um, so I was going to go back to Alaska. I was going to get a job on a boat. And so, you know, it's, it was hard to save my money. So I left Lawrence, Kansas, made my way to Bellingham, Washington, where I was to catch the ferry up to Alaska. And by the time I got to the ferry and bought my ticket, I had $12 left to my name, uh, two packs of rolling tobacco, a pint of whiskey, and enough food for about two days. And the, uh, the ferry ride up to Ketchikan takes about 18 hours, and so by the time I got off the boat, I needed a job. Pretty much right <laughs> So, uh, it was early in May, and the fishing season, the salmon season, doesn't really start in southeastern Alaska until early part of June. So I was walking the docks, I was talking to whoever I could find, seeing if I could find a boat to get on, and everybody was like, you know, come back in a few weeks. So I, uh, I ended up doing what I didn't want to do, which is I started going around to the shops and to the restaurants looking for work. And I found a job at a cafe on the north side of town, and it was very similar menu to the one I had been cooking at in Lawrence. <laughs> it felt a lot like the last job, but I needed work, so I took the job. And um, I moved my tent up to the uh, north end of town. There was a cemetery there, and through the cemetery was a trail off into the woods, and the cemetery kind of butted up against the hillside, and the forest went off, and then the mountains beyond that. And so. You know, I followed, went through the cemetery, got on the trail, and then I branched off that and went for a little ways until I found kind of a, a patch of ground where I could uh, put my tent and put my tent out there. I needed a place that I could leave my stuff during the day while I was off doing my thing in town. And so I uh, set up my tent and started working at the restaurant. And I guess I got to tell you a little bit about Ketchikan. Um, Ketchikan, Alaska is a little, kind of tiny town on a very large island. And 
Um, if I remember correctly, there were like 40 miles of paved roads approximately in Ketchikan at the time, and the island, Revillagigedo is the name of the island, and it's about 300 plus miles around. So consequently, there, the population of bears on the island is far higher than the population of people. <laughs> so, so we camped out in the woods. Not only this, but um, shortly before I arrived in Ketchikan, um, the city decided that they had a bear problem at the dump. Um, the bears that you know had been out, there were no berries, there were no fish for the whole winter, so all these bears were coming to the dump for the, the meals. And they were, they had a big problem with that, so they decided, the city decided to uh, have people start separating their garbage out. So you, got the, you have to separate your food garbage from your non-food garbage, and all the food garbage went onto a barge and was shipped down to Seattle or the lower 48 somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all of these bears that were used to getting fed at the dump were now starting to come towards town because they were looking for food. And so, you know, I hear this I hear this story and I'm like, all right, I hadn't seen a bear yet, but I was, you know, this didn't do anything about my fear of going out to my tent every night. Um, so somewhere in here, I'd, I'd been in my tent site for a few days and um, I was out of my tent one day and this cat shows up. And it's this little brown and black long hair cat. And it was clean, it looked, you know, well-fed, and it uh, didn't have a collar or anything, you know, and I, it didn't seem psychotic. I had, I, I had to come to So, you know, I, it hung out and we became friends over a period of days. And so I'd leave in the morning and go do my thing and come back, and it would be there in the evening. And so, you know, I was working in the restaurant, so I brought, after a few days, I brought a little bit of tuna out for it, and this, like, sealed the deal. This cat was all mine after that. And so the next morning, uh, you know, the cat's outside of my tent, sitting real proper, and it's got a little bird that it's giving me as an offering, and it's like, um, but another thing is this cat, at night, when I'd get back to my tent, um, the cat would come into the tent with me, and you know, and I'd pet the cat and I'd left the flap on my tent open and I'd fall asleep and at some point it would take off. And, you know, then in the morning it would show up again and we'd hang out and then I'd go and do my thing. So, anyway, so, uh, so I got this friend that's a cat and it was really... It was really <laughs> like a little warm body that I could cuddle up with a teddy bear or something. So, um, I don't know, what's a cat going to do with a bear? But, uh, so I go into town, and, I, and I'm working at this restaurant, and um, I'm, I'm only there for a short time, but there, there's one day, I still hadn't seen a bear, and there was one day when I went out back of the restaurant, um, there's a door out of the kitchen, and it was a slow moment, so I stepped out to have a smoke. And I was out back, and there's the, the grease trap, you know, where we pour all the old fryer grease and there's the, the metal dumpster that locks that we keep the food garbage in and then the dumpster for the non-food garbage. And, you know, the back of the restaurant, there's a patch of grass and what have you, and the back of the restaurant kind of butted up against this hillside and there were shrubs and bushes and stuff. And uh, so I'm out there smoking and I look over and there's this bush about, you know, 15, 20 feet away and this bear head comes out of the bush. <laughs> and it just is kind of looking around. It's got this 
big sniffer, and it's just looking around, it's huge, and I'd never seen a bear, and I was like, drop the cigarette, back into the <laughs> So, so I, I, now I'd seen a bear, and yes, all these stories that I'd heard were, you know, coming true, at least in my mind. And uh, the worst aspect of all of this is when you work in a restaurant, I had food all down my front. When I would leave work, I smelled like a, a French fry. It was, it was so I I went to a thrift store and I bought a set of clothes that I was going to use for my work clothes. And I took you know I I changed out of them after after my shift and washed my arms up to my shoulders, washed my face. Uh, the problem was my boots. I I had my boots that I wore everywhere. I wasn't gonna. You know, I didn't have another pair of shoes, so so I'd wipe them off, and like all down in the sole, it's all this food, it's crusted, you know, crushed up into the sole, and I'm like, so I try and beat that out, and I'm just like, man, when I'm walking back to my tent, I can see leaving a little trail. And I, I ended up grabbing some garbage bags from the from the restaurant to take out to my tent because even in my tent it was like I could just smell these things and so put the boots in a garbage bag, put that garbage bag in another and just try and close it up. I actually went so far as to think about I didn't do it, but I thought about hanging my boots from a tree like you do with your food in bear country. So anyway, um, uh, there was this night when you know, I, I got I worked the evening shift, so I got out of work at ten or something, and went out to my tent. You know, and every time I go out there, I'm like looking around. Every you know, every step I take, I'm listening just to see if I hear a bear anything. And got out to my tent. The cat was there, and we hung out for a while. And um, I went into my tent, and uh, you know, the cat came in, and we were, we hung out, and I fell asleep. And at, you know, the cat went out, and then at some point, a few, within a few hours, something hits my tent and wakes me up, and I'm like, and it hits it again, and hits it again, and I hear something outside, and that panic, that fear, that terror comes over me, and all the hair, the cold water feeling on the inside, the heart rate through the roof, and I, there's a bear outside of my tent, and I can hear it like right there. And I don't know if it's nuzzling my tent and shaking it. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm, I'm about to blow up. And I, I've got this pocket knife. I feel kind of dumb for doing it, but what do I start? hitting my tent and I hear something crushing around, crunching the brush and all that. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. What's the protocol? Do I stay in the tent and be quiet? Do I make a lot of noise and try and like scare it away? What, what do I do? And so I'm like, I got to get out of here. And so I, I zip the tent open slowly. I'm like, I got to at least be able to see what I'm dealing with here. And the, the thing is still hitting my tent. And what I realize it is, it's this cat. He's coming up and bouncing off the side of my tent. He's trying to wake me up. So at the same time, what this what it ends up happening is it's shaking the tent, it startles the bear, and I look out just in time to see this bear go tearing off this giant bear ass up the hillside. And so this cat like saved me from this bear. I get out of the tent. I get out of the tent. My 
heart's going crazy. Pick up the cat, you know, good kid. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so anyway, I, uh, I had my bear in my tent, and I, I went into work, and I worked for, I worked at this restaurant for a grand total of about two to three weeks, and I got my first full two-week paycheck, which was about like $450, $500, and it was, you know, twice as much as I had left Lawrence, Kansas with, and so I was like, oh, I'm rich, uh, I quit. <laughs> I was absolutely not going to work in a restaurant for the entirety of my stay in Alaska in the summer. So I, I got back onto the docks and started checking. I could tell there was the buzz in the town because the fishermen were starting to show up and work on their boats and work on their nets and all that. And so I was down south of town in Wards Cove packing, and there's a big moorage there for fishing, fishing boats. And I uh, met. Uh, Skipper Don, Captain Don, Don Zink, uh, the Quaker Maid, and he, <laughs> name of the boat, and he, uh, he offered me a job. And so on, on the boat, uh, that summer I was going to learn how to, you know, work on diesel engines. I was going to, it was an old, old wooden boat, and so I was going to learn some woodworking stuff. I was going to learn how to navigate, you know, a good portion of southeastern Alaska, and I was going to be the boat cook because that was my saleable skill. That's what got me onto the boat, was the fact that I could cook. So, um, and the other thing I got with my boat job was I got a bunk on the boat in the forecastle, which is an uh, area under the bow, and so, or in the bow. And so I, I no longer had to camp out uh, with the bears. And, <laughs> but I had this cat now. And so the skipper, when he offered me his job, you know, he's like, oh, you should go pick up your stuff. And I was like, all right, you know, um, what, would, what would you say if I told you, I, can I bring a cat on the <laughs> I mean, skippers are a stereotype unto themselves. They're the manly, manliest of men. And so he, he just kind of scoffed and turned around and didn't even deign to answer. So I didn't figure I'd be able to bring, but I had to bring the cat, but I had to ask. And so, so I went back across town, uh, back to, towards my campsite to, to, you know, to get my stuff. And you know, on the way there, I was thinking about, you know, when, you're, when you travel, you're, you meet people, you come into contact with them, meet friends, I should say, and you come into contact with them for a few hours or a few days or whatever, and you have a really good time, and then you have to part ways, and they go their way, you go yours, and that, you know, uh, you have to appreciate that. And so, I went out to the campsite and I, you know, the cat was there and I rolled up my t sleeping bag and I broke down my tent poles and folded up my tent and rolled it up and I, once I got everything lashed on my bag, um, uh, I hung out with the cat for a few minutes and sat down on a log and just petted this cat and I was thinking about, I was like, you know, I wish I knew somebody in town that could take care of this thing. I wish uh, that I could leave it with somebody. And I, I thought, I even went so far as to think, you know, they probably have some sort of shelter in town. And I was like, I can't, there's no way I can take this cat and put it in an animal shelter. I just, I can't do it. And then, and then it struck me. I was like, well, wait a minute. What, what am I worried about with this cat? This cat, like, protected me from a bear. <laughs> about this cat. It's, it's going to be just fun. And so I went and got my job on the boat. Thank you.